Futurecast number three. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us. Uh, a few weeks ago, we had the Kansas Kansas Symposium up in Manhattan, Kansas. And I got a sudden call. We were in Inman. And I got a frantic call to... Uh, I guess it wasn't frantic, but... Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> okay, it was a little frantic. Uh, to come up to the to the symposium and record all the Mercury 7 presentations. It was pretty cool, Jamie. So out of that came this opportunity to do a podcast with Tammy Mitchell and Jay Scott. Um, Tammy Mitchell heads up the elementary redesign project for the Kansas Department of Education. And Jay Scott leads up the secondary portion of that redesign project. And we can't wait for you to listen in. Because if we did, if you didn't know already, these two people, Tammy Mitchell and Jay Scott, are Kansans. Born and raised, and they threw Kansans came. Yes, sirree. <laughs> Get to the interview. Fine. <laughs> Today we're going to talk a little bit about redesign. And we have um, Jay Scott and Tammy Mitchell uh, from KSDE. And since that was a totally inadequate introduction, if you guys wouldn't mind uh, introducing yourselves. My name is Jay Scott. I'm a lifelong Kansan. I'm from Garfield, Kansas, way out west, uh, southwest Kansas. Um, been an educator all my life. I don't really know anything else. Um, but um, I came to the State Department of Ed six years ago. And my first role there at, at the State Department of Ed was in career and technical education. So I worked with schools all across the state, mainly their secondary schools in developing career pathways uh, so that kids could have more experiences and, and make better decisions, make more informed decisions, I guess, so to speak. Um, once they graduate high school, prior to that, and, and then I guess this summer, um, when our, our commissioner, uh, Randy Watson, and our deputy commissioner, Brad Neuenswander, uh, decided to really chase after our vision uh, in Kansas of leading the world and the success of each student. They decided to this, uh, hatch this crazy plan to redesign our schools. Tammy being the elementary specialist and me being the secondary specialist, uh, we kicked off this summer with, uh, with a whole new project to work on, uh, the Mercury Project. And that's also... Uh, morphed into other projects like the Gemini One project. We can talk through all these and and the 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 upcoming project, which will be Gemini Two. Like I said, we can talk more about that. But um, I've always been at uh, you know I started out in teaching and coaching in schools. Did that for for 15 years. I was a science teacher and and coached a lot of different sports and uh, and then I moved into administration as an assistant principal. And then um, moved on to the State Department. So that's that's a little bit about me. Um, I'm Tammy Mitchell, and I'm the Elementary Redesign Specialist. I've been in the Department of Education for five years. Prior to taking this position um, as Redesign Specialist in July, I saw the Kindergarten Readiness Initiative, and I've also worked with the Improvement Learning Network. Um, so prior to coming to the State Department of Education, I worked um, in Junction City, Geary County, where I was a state, uh, a district instructional coach, and I have teaching experience in um, from three-year-old preschool all the way up through fourth grade. Um, I've worked with, with classes. I've spent the majority of my teaching experience in elementary school, but have worked for the last 10 years in uh, professional development and adult education. 
So making this switch to uh, the redesign specialist has been a, a natural um, fit for for my skill set and for um, for my passions. I'm I'm a lifelong Kansan and a lifelong Kansas educator. So um, it's, it's super exciting to be a part of this work. You know, one of the things that um, the reason we started this this redesign is. Um, our commissioner, uh, Randy, Dr. Randy Watson, and our deputy commissioner, Brad Nguyen-Swander, two years ago, they um, did a, a tour of Kansas, and they did the largest qualitative study ever in the, in the history of our state, where they asked parents and community members, what are the skills and attributes of the successful 24-year-old Kansan? And after they collected that data, they went back then and said, okay, well, then what, what does the public think the role of pre-K-12 education is in supporting that successful 24-year-old Kansan and the successful um, high school graduate? And so that's really where, where this redesign started, <clears throat> because we have been missing that mark. Um, parents, community, business members all agree that, you know, while it, it is assumed that we graduate students that can read and write and do math. Um, there are so many other skills that students need in order to be successful. And a lot of those are um, habits of mind, what they call soft skills, communication skills, skills that help um, them with planning and being um, self-regulated, healthy, whole human beings. And so for so long, we focused on reading and math, reading and math, reading and math under No Child Left Behind, the federal law kind of dictated that. And I know in a, in a lot of area, elementary schools in our state, they stopped teaching science, they stopped teaching social studies, they cut recess time so that students could have more time with reading and math. And what we found is that over, over a decade, what that what we did was we graduated students that can do really well on state assessments and maybe they can do pretty well on the ACT, but they get into college and they don't have um, some of those softer skills that help them to either finish a degree or get a, a business recognized certificate. So we've just been out of balance. And so this effort to redesign is to move away from this industrial model of educating students and moving into something more personalized because we know that, that you can't just... Students are humans. They're not cookie cutters. And you can't just put them on this conveyor belt starting in kindergarten and expect that they will all graduate with what they need by the time they're seniors in high school. So in this redesign process, how do you balance between flexibility and structure that we need as humans as well? What does that generally look like? Well, you know, that's that's a, a pretty big question. It, I think I'd like to be a little more specific to say that um, schools that are redesigning have some guardrails. There are some bedrock principles of things that they have to address as far as redesign goes. And all schools have to redesign around these bedrock principles. And these bedrock principles are based off of what Kansans said they wanted. So if you can see that, you can see that um, throughout the system, schools have to address social emotional learning. They have to organize school around the students, including giving students some choice in their learning activities, long-term projects, um, extracurricular activities for all students, um, physical activities, community and business and industry relationships, family engagement relationships. And then on the elementary side, there's this emphasis on kindergarten readiness, which is birth to age eight, and then um, art and music 
um, have to be uh, back into the curriculum for elementary students. So, so while you said, you know, when you said, you know, how is it wide open? It's not, it's not wide open in that, you know, there aren't some bedrock principles. All schools that redesign in Kansas have to address um, these things. So, but how they address it and what their local values are as far as, um, you know, things that are important to each community, those things are very, very much locally determined and locally driven. Okay, great. Because I think that was, you just answered one of my questions, I think. This, schools just weren't given a clean slate. There were definite parameters they had to follow to say. Right. I mean, they have to address these um, bedrock principles. And so so what we say is that, you know, why schools want to redesign is, is their, you know, it, you know, it's based off of their data. It's based off of their passions. They determine that and go through a visioning process. How they will wrap all of these things together in their redesign plan is also completely locally determined based off of their values, their local resources, what they think is in, is important. So while there are some parameters or guardrails, um, schools have a lot of freedom within those guardrails to redesign. Jay. That's an excellent question. I mean, the flexibility and the structure, um, you know, for so long, we've been so, we've been so structured to the detriment of some of those emotional skills of, you know, students being advocates for their learning, self-advocates. You know, what I, what, what's really been enjoyable to see has been in a lot of our schools, just being given, and I've heard this over and over from our schools, just being given the, the uh, option of being free, you know, to think um, outside our, our traditional system. Um, just just that that permission to to take a chance and and move forward with that, and then to see them take that and and pass that on to the students. So just like Tammy said, there are guardrails, there are structures in place. There's still accountability in our schools. But what what I love seeing is during the school day, they're building in time. You know, the guardrails might be well, we're going to have we're going to have an hour or an hour and a half of personalized learning time. But as far as for the student goes, that student in a, at an appropriate level, you know, for, for their age, they can choose how to spend their time. So it's, it's much more flexible in, in how the time is spent. There's still structure in that there's a time period, but the, the, the personalization for a student comes in, you have choice in what you're learning who you're learning with, you know, all those, how much time you spend on it. Those are the kind of things, the flexibility that's being built into our structure. But as far as, you know, on a higher level, we still have accountability. We still have state assessment scores. We still have uh, graduation requirements. You know, we still have standards. Those things are all part of our structure. But and, and just to kind of reiterate that point that at the local level in our schools, they are in charge of building in the right amount of flexibility for them, for their community and for their students. So it's really been it's really been uh, invigorating to see how far our schools have really flown with with flexibility. Nice. Now, simple question. Schools don't have to do this, do they? The redesign process. Right. Well, at, at this point in time, we are um, asking schools to volunteer to redesign. 
But it is the goal of our board and our commissioner that every school in campus be redesigned to meet the needs of students in the future by the year 2026. So the time when, um, you know, right now we're, we're supporting the early adopters and we're providing um, coaching and, um, and those kinds of resources. There will come a time when schools will need to redesign that time or, you know, they may not have the, the structures and the supports in order to do that. So there are certainly some benefits to being um, early on this. So, yeah, it is not required, but there will come a time when it will be. Well, and, and I, I just want to add to that, Glenn, that's a good question, is that you, schools, they can redesign now without joining the Mercury, without joining the, the Gemini projects. They can, and we've got some schools out there that I, you know, if we don't know about it, but if, if uh, we went and, and took a look at what they're doing, they probably are redesigning on their own. So this whole redesign, as Tammy said, is really just a volunteer early adopter level right now. But I think, I think across the state, you can see our schools, whether they, they you know, apply to be a Mercury or a Gemini or, or what have you or not. I think you see that, that motivation to redesign their system because everybody's behind our vision in education and we want to lead the world in the success of each student. And if we're going to get down to each student and personalize education, we just simply have to redesign our schools. Now I, I've heard um, Dr. Watson talk and Tammy, there was some, um, I don't know if I want to call it fear, but for your original seven, getting that many schools to, to apply. So just how excited were you guys when you got like 20, was it 29 applications in the beginning? Uh, yeah, we were super excited. Um, I think we were a little apprehensive at the beginning, thinking, okay, you know, Jay and I have these positions. Um, are we, are we going to have any schools to work with? And um, then they just started rolling in, and it was a lot of fun. It was really exciting. Now, when you guys were handed this position, were you like, were you yourself kind of like, what like, was your initial response? Yeah. Were you felt like you were falling underwater or were you, how excited you know, were you guys, the, you know? You know, the competition for these positions was pretty steep. There were a lot and um, I don't think Jay or I either one took it for granted that just because we worked at the agency that we would, that we would get these positions, but um, we're, you know, I know I was I was over the top excited and, and nervous too because you know this has never been done in Kansas. Um, it's it's a very tight and compressed time frame, and um, yeah. So when we got these positions, I think we were like, "Yay!" And then, then we're like, "Oh, now what?" So, but yeah, it's just been it's been a phenomenal experience so far. Yeah, I just think the learning curve was so steep, and we can see that pretty early that we. You know, we were probably both really excited. It, we didn't have time really to focus on that. It was more like we've got to jump in right away and start looking at the research and and looking at what other schools had done because really at a state level, this really has never been done. And so we, we didn't have really the, the models to go off of in, in that way. So we, we actually started really researching a lot of the different school models that existed out there that had been redesigned. And so that, that was kind of the initial part. But 
boy, that this summer was just a lot of research and a lot of um, fact finding, those kinds of things in a, in a realm that's really not been tapped into much, you know, a lot more theoretical research than anything else. Yeah. So uh, you hit on something there. This isn't just a Kansas thing. Is this going on across the nation, this school redesign? Yeah. As a matter of fact, um, you know, while we're pretty excited because because this is new for this, it's not new for um, schools, especially on the East Coast and the West Coast. You know, they're five, six, seven years into um, redesigning um, around some of these very same bedrock principles. And so, so there are all places where we can go and we can see redesigned systems and we know they're working and we see um, what student achievement like there. And so, you know, it's our attempt to bring this world-class education to our schools in Kansas. To date, what are your biggest celebrations of the redesign process and working with the school districts? I would say um, at the the, uh, symposium and seeing our Mercury schools up there presenting on hypothetically what they were going to launch in the fall. And, you know, they all had really they've all got just super, super innovative ideas and, and different ways to approach things. And, and that was all great. But what was probably more, I guess, uh, motivating to me is to see that a lot of our, our building leaders and our teachers who are part of the redesign teams in those schools and how they've just completely owned what they've put together. And just the you know, Tammy and I are so lucky. These are the best jobs that that we both agree. These are the best jobs ever. And, you know, we, we got to start with those schools back in August and to see where they were. I mean, they had really very little context about what redesign means. And to move from that kind of a, you know, really, what have we gotten ourselves into to really owning it and being on, on fire for it to the point where, you know, they would say you'd have to drag me skick, kicking and screaming out of that school now to do, you know, they, they have that much investment in, in, in what they're planning on putting together and redesign. It was just really a really gratifying experience. Well, and I can personally speak from, from seeing Colwich in action and listening to um, liberals' presentations that that's exactly what I, what I heard and saw going on. And both of from what I've heard from them, it's, like you said, very, very tailored to that community, that community's needs, because liberals is very much different than cool witches. I mean, you're talking about totally different demographics in some respects, and you've allowed that, but the continuity is still the same. Yeah, you know, to, to piggyback on that, a lot of times some of the things that we've done from the State Department of Education have been very top-down and dictatorial. Um, and that's kind of the climate that it was under No Child Left Behind. And so when the federal law freed up and gave more choice to individual states, um, Kansas has embraced that. So while Jay and I go out and we offer support and we try to connect schools with resources, we are not, our role is not to tell them what to do or how to do it. Our role is just to put, to try to remove the roadblocks that sometimes state um, agencies inadvertently put in place. And so, so um, that also is a new role. When we went around to other state agencies, other state departments of education, 
to see how they are supporting um, redesign from a state level. Um, there's no one else doing that. Kansas is the only one, and we've got other state departments of education looking at us to see um, how, are, how are you guys doing this? How are you supporting without it being a top-down mandate? And so we're definitely, you know, kind of blazing a new trail here on, on a lot of different levels. But I think you're doing what you're asking the students to and leading by example. Let's start somewhere. And failure's okay. It's not all going to be perfect and easy and work the first time. You're right. allowing the flexibility to, well, that didn't work, so let's try something else. That, that's exactly right. what we're doing, and Jamie, and, and that's, that's a really good point. I, I just think that, that, you know, a lot of times, especially young people um, are stigmatized in our society now that they, you know, a lot of different kinds of uh, inaccurate um, statements fly out there about about our students. But, but I feel like through redesign, the student being brought to the forefront where it should be. You know, I've said this many times through redesign. There, there's been a lot of uh, people that that say this can't be done. There have been, been a lot of people within our Mercury buildings that that fight the progress towards redesign because they're just either afraid of change at that pace, afraid of change, just any change at all, or they're just unsure about it. But the one group that we haven't heard any type of uh, pushback is from the students. They get it. They they embrace these changes that are going on in their schools. We've got data to back that up. And, you know, the, the other side of that is it's not something that students just like because it's maybe more freedom. It's actually working. They, we've got schools that have data that show that it's academically, social, emotionally, that this is these redesign strategies are working. And so that student voice bringing out the student voice in all of this and diminishing maybe what the state's role used to be and letting schools and students, you know, have some choice in how school goes. So it, you mentioned the data um, for like no child left behind and stuff. Was there data for that? And because I was doing some research earlier, found a rather critical article that this is just another fad is it well you know it, it, it's um the thing about change is that it's so so hard right and so without like that attitude of of learning as we go and and failing forward and um you know knowing that it's not going to be perfect but it's going to be different um then no it's not a fad but if it if if schools expect to implement a perfect plan and then it's hard and then there's pushback because they haven't brought their community along and they don't haven't kept their pets up to speed. If they go back to the way it's always been, then, then there is, there is a, there's a possibility that in some places it could be a fad, but, but we can't afford for that to happen. We know for a fact that our world is changing and the way that children learn now isn't going to support them and carry them through. So, you know, sure, the skeptics say that this might be a fad, but in Kansas, we've got to we've got to do better than that. We've got to to make this change or we're going to end up with a lot of students that have skills that don't match the job market. One of the things I wanted to, to 
quote is in this, there's a book called The New School Rules, Six Vital Practices for Thriving in Responsive Schools. And, and here's a quote. Schools want to be innovative, but are often afraid to try due to the possibility of failure. We forget that innovation requires experimentation and learning, and learning goes hand in hand with failing. And so, you know, yeah, we're going to, we are all going to learn a lot about um, schools and about students and about what works and what doesn't work, but it has to be that way. It just, it just cannot go back to this 1940s, 1950s way of, of educating our students. And if I could add to that, just. You know, if, if I guess redesign would be a fad if you also define the one-room schoolhouse as a fad and the industrial age model of education as a fad. So we've basically had two, you know, in, in, we've lived through um, the one-room schoolhouse, we've lived through the industrial age model, and really the industrial age model, factory model education system has been in place for many, many years. And if you think that's a fad, that then redesign would also be a fad because I see this as the new model for education. I mean, it's transforming education to a whole new student-centered model. What's the biggest roadblock you guys have ran into? One of the biggest um, challenges is just clear and concise communication with, uh, you know, as parents, with families, with business and industry, parents get all worked up when they don't hear, when they don't understand why a school might be redesigning or they don't understand, you know, what the data is really saying about the successful high school graduate and about post-secondary success. Um, when people hear bits and pieces and they try to fill in the blanks for themselves, um, the message can get really um, confused and convoluted. And so I think that 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 clear communication and staying in social media as far as communication goes is a huge challenge. I think that's a challenge, whether you're redesigning or whether you're in, in a business, sometimes the, the gossip chain on Twitter or on Facebook can, can go faster than you can really roll out the real information. So that's been a huge challenge. Because it's easy to find those naysayers because they're easy to, I mean, they pick up on every little thing. Um, but there's a lot of support behind you as well, too. What have, what have been some of your biggest supports? Well, I think one of the major um, boons for Kansas in this redesign is that all the shareholders, all the makers in education, and even those that historically haven't been as connected to education are on board. And that was that was done through work by our commissioner and our deputy commissioner of, of on the front end of this project, making sure we had the support of the Kansas Board of Regents, making sure we had the support of 4-H, of the, the, the Girl Scouts, the Boy Scouts, Chambers of Commerce, you know, all those relationships that you need, that uh, all the relationships that a school would need to be successful in a community, we have those at the state level now. And so I feel like this is a, a shared vision. And when I say shared, it's not just the state education department's vision, but all of Kansas, all of the related partners, all those critical partners that we need on board have been there. We've got a group of, uh, we, we have a group, we call it our crew, and we've got representatives from post-secondary. We've got groups from local school boards, KSB, USA, the, the, the United School Administrators Group in Kansas, 
I mean, we've got all these related partners that we meet, meet with consistently to try to craft those tight messages that Tammy was alluding to that we need. Um, so that's been a huge level of support that I don't know if we've seen something like that before in Kansas. Because you started with relationships, which is one of the whole keys of the Kansans Can vision. And the social emotional is building those relationships and building that trust. And so you went back to those groups because that's where it starts with some of these districts. Is that correct? Yes. And I, I think that our, like I said, our commissioner, our deputy commissioner have done a phenomenal job of developing relationships with our critical partners. And that was, and like you said, Jamie, that was, that was long before, um, long before redesign started. I think those relationships were started on the uh, the barnstorming tour where Randy and Brad went across the state and had community conversations, you know, and got in front of over 2000 Kansans and then pulled all that data together and they just didn't have a conversation. You know, we've all been a part of those meetings that really flow nicely and, and you have all this really a great discussion, but then there's nothing after that, that they took that feedback and they brought it back to Kansas. So you mentioned this barnstorming tour. What's the timeline of that? When did that happen? And then when did the redesign happen? The process start? I mean, that started the process, but. Yeah, I believe it was fall, maybe fall 2015. I'm guessing there, but that was the time where, um, you know, Dr. Watson and Brad Newman-Swanner went out across the state and they had these conversations and then they, you know, I know it was, it was like 20 some different spots for community conversations. And those were, you know, the people that were in attendance were just parents, community members in those communities, uh, students, um, business leaders. And then they also had a, another tour that, uh, because in the first tour we didn't get in, uh, Brad and Randy didn't feel like we got enough input from the business sector. So they had a separate tour for just business industry leaders. Um, and they pulled all that together. And I believe that was 2015. And that's what started. Um, that was the data that the state board used to develop the vision and the, the outcomes that we're driving after in the state. Now that all began with those, with those tours. Now I'm a, maybe change the subject a little bit here. I'm a bit of a space geek. So whose idea was it to attach the whole space race uh, to that? And as we mentioned earlier, Kansas isn't the only one doing this. Did any other state do that as well? Um, we can credit the whole um, space theme to our commissioner, uh, Dr. Watson, because he is a, a history teacher and he's really passionate about that's one of his favorite subjects is the whole uh, moonshot and um, race to the moon. And so so he he gets all of the creative genius credit behind that. Well, I, yeah, like I said, I think it's great because I've seen him give a couple speeches and he always has that kennedy speech in there yeah and he plays the part i don't think many people hear about going to the moon we do it not because it's easy but because it's hard if i could kind of follow up with that we don't know of any others now um there are many schools out there that have redesigned or school districts or maybe a consortium of schools have redesigned but we are unaware of at the state level this scope 
this magnitude of a project to redesign the entire state. We we are unaware of, of other states doing that. So we feel like we're kind of pioneers in that way. Nice. I like that we're writing history. Writing history, yes. <laughs> yeah, writing our own history. That's right. Awesome. Jay, did you did you also share some of your favorite moments through this design process or comments that you've heard in the positive about the direction that you see things going? Are you hearing back from the the business owners and in the local communities and from the teachers. And I know you've heard positive things from the staff and some of these things are, are yet to be determined because you're, we're turning out a generation of future employees that you're creating their work ethics, their social emotional skills, all those things. So it's going to be a little bit before we see any of that indification. So what are you hearing back from them right now or tweaks that you're wanting them to make or aha moments through the process? From business industry or community leaders? Yes. The, t- the two combined, some of them can be. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, you know, the, the conversation and uh, Tammy and I have been able to be part of a couple of different community conversations in our Mercury schools. But other than that, it's been very limited in what we've been able to connect with them. And right now, the only connection we have with business industry um, and community leaders is through our crew, our state level group. And the, the conversation really doesn't hasn't gotten down to that level yet of, you know, is this working or what are some positive things to come out um, so far? And I attribute that to a couple of things. One thing is we've we've really made great strides in CTE in the state of Kansas and um, a lot more connection between schools and business industry. Schools are spending a lot more time on that relationship. Businesses are spending a lot more time on that relationship. And so a lot of that work was already being done prior to redesign. And so what a lot of our schools are looking at, I'm just speaking for the secondary schools right now, but is how do we set up more robust work-based learning experiences for students you know, like an internship or job shadow, how do we do more of that? Right now, some kids get that, but a lot of kids that need it don't. They're, they're trying to set that up. So I, I think those kinds of conversations have already been going on. And redesign, I, I guess I'd say this, redesign is going to allow schools the flexibility they're going to need to really set up those those really robust work-based learning experiences that businesses desperately want because that's their next generation of employee and that that schools really want because they see kids that are that go through those experiences and they're just they're wonderful wonderful wonderfully informed about their next steps as they move on and so i i i just think those are some some of the things that that i've noticed schools talking about and schools getting excited about as well as business and industry but we really haven't gotten in front of those groups enough, maybe to hear more of the uh, more of the positives. I will say the the one comment that I think I heard one student make. This is from the student's perspective, but um, you know, I the, the student was, and I think it was an elementary student, said that I think the adults have tricked us into learning. <laughs> so you know, we we love that quote. We use it a lot. Um, 
and the, the students and the staff, you know, those are the quotes that I, I really kind of gravitate towards. Um, because if you can get your students behind this, it doesn't matter what the adults say, the students will drive it. And, uh, and, and believe me, parents, community members, business leaders, they, they will listen to students who are speaking up. And when the students are on board with a lot of these things, that gives me, uh, uh, that to, to me, that tells me we're, we're in good shape. Other than that, I don't have a lot as far as business industry community members, other than saying they're proud of their school for taking a risk and jumping in. In in because they know that that's not just the school improving; they're they're looking at improving their entire community. Well, and I've noticed from when I was well in Colwich, they were saying I want to get back to what I did in kindergarten and back to the doing. Um, and through some of the cuts that went through a few years ago, um, a lot of the cuts were made to some of those. I don't want to say the extras. Um, but those are the foundational skills for some of that, the tinkering, the doing. And now we're saying, well, that's an important role. And each one of you have an important role in putting that play, that tinkering back into our redesign process. Well, you know, I think, I think the lessons that we've learned is that um, the things that adults think are just extra or fluff are the very things that children need in order to have that cognitive development. They have to be involved in projects. They have to know that what they're learning is connected to something outside of school. And we know that art and music and PE are all very, very critical to cognitive development. You know, somewhere along the way, we lost sight of that and thought that maybe maybe more worksheets and flashcards was the way to go. The evidence... And neuroscience just doesn't support that. Now, for somebody out there wondering, this is just an administrative thing, an administrative process. It's not, right? You have students, you have teachers on the same level in building this as the administrators, correct? Yeah, this has been um, something, I, I think this is one of my, just one of the, the things that I look back on and say, wow, that's that's been an area of so much growth in the, these teachers that are on these redesign teams. Early on, one of the things we stumbled onto is this playbook for 21st century skills. Tammy found it this summer, and it's just been a wonderful resource. And the first part of that resource talks about developing redesign team and that the redesign team isn't necessarily your building leadership team. It's a lead, it's a group of teachers that think differently and that they kind of coalesce together to, to make up this redesign team. And they have a pilot and a co-pilot. Really, if you ask me who's really driving redesign in our schools, it's the teachers. And secondarily, I would say it's the students to the degree that our schools are actually tapping into what the, what the students have to say about it and empowering the students. And I think our schools have done a good job with that. But if you look at the, the teachers that started on the redesign team back in August and what they're doing now, I would tell you that they're in a different position in a school now. They're not just a teacher. They are a, you know, they're, they're not just a teacher leader. I mean, they really are. It's a different position in our schools. And again, it's really been driven by the teachers and the, the, the administration, it's been a new role for them because they're 
what what how they've kind of fit into this is they provided a lot of support. They're making uh, time. You know, they're allowing the time for those redesign teams to meet. They're staying connected, but they're not driving the conversation. They're 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 just supporting whatever that team needs to move on, and that's a new role for our building administrators as well. Because no matter what, our schools are the hub of each of our communities. So it seems natural that we would tap into. And our teachers would be not just teachers, but student advocates. I mean, that is their position. That is their role. You know, one of the things that makes this so exciting for our small communities in Kansas is um, we, we made a connection with, um, with a school that has been redesigned in Kentucky. And in fact, um, they're superintendent is speaking at our annual conference this in October. But the thing, the thing that was so compelling about that testimony in this dying small town in Kentucky where, you know, businesses are going out and people are moving away is when, and their school was suffering and they were the lowest performing school in their state. Here it is six years later after their, huge, complete district redesign, doing a lot of the same things that Kansas schools are talking about doing with project-based learning and competency-based learning. Six years later, not only is their school one of the, the highest performing schools in the state, but people are moving back to their town because they want their kids to go to school there. And so businesses are opening, houses are being built, and a town that was otherwise just going to disappear forever is rebuilding and is now um, a thriving community. And, you know, I just, we drive through a lot of small towns in Kansas on our way here and there. And, and I just think that, you know, if, if they can turn the tide on, on providing a a world-class education in their small town, people are going to want to move there. People are going to want to move back there and teachers are going to want to teach there. And so, so it's not just about I mean, it is about students, um, but it's also about communities and that, um, you know, redesigning a school can help redesign a whole community. I think you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, I don't know where to go from that one. So, uh, guys, I know you guys are busy, so we really appreciate you taking the opportunity, the time to come and talk to us, join us. Um, hopefully we can reconnect again sometime. Uh, sure. That'd be great. You bet. Uh, just real quick, we talked about communication earlier um, and social media. Is Redirect or anything on social media? Where can the public find it? Yeah, you can follow us on Twitter at KSBE Redesign. Um, we have a, a lot going on through our Twitter feed. That's great. We have a, a website at um, uh, on the KSBE website. If you go to the index and go to... Um, I believe it's school redesign. Go to S for school, school redesign. We have um, some documents there as well, but certainly most up to the minute information and um, repost postings and repostings happen on Twitter at KSDE redesign. All right. Well, you guys have a great rest of your day and thanks for joining us. You too. Yeah. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Appreciate it. So again, we want to thank Jay and Tammy for taking time out of their busy schedule to join, on, join us on this podcast and talk a little bit about school redesign. Jamie, some quick hits about what's to come. But we're looking ahead and we're going to be focusing a little bit on a Max Harmon, a senior project in Inman, Kansas, where he raised $12,500. Awesome. He and the school are going to be packaging up. Actually, when we do this, it's going to be 
past has been 50,000 meals that will be distributed across Reno and Rice County. Amazing. Awesome. Then also, we're going to be visiting with the liberal school, um, elementary school teachers and administrators about their Mercury 7 launch um, and what that redesign looks like in their school. Yeah, it was really interesting listening to them talk at the symposium about the elementary side of school redesign. So I was excited we got to talk to them. And bonus, our trip we took out to Colwich with when Katie was working with the elementary staff out there, finished up a quick video about what school redesign means to them. So be looking for that on our YouTube page as well as Facebook. Jamie, it's always fun working with you, but time to say goodbye again. So thanks for joining us. Uh, don't forget to look for Destination Adventure. SDEC.org forward slash your stories is where you'll find the podcast as well. And we'll see you next time. Later. The end.